Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Cute Monster Show. I'm your host, Vincent Daly. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with Raya Tomaszowskis. She's the co-founder of The Monster Factory, a Toronto-based plush toy brand whose endearing plush monsters can be found on store shelves across North America. Now let's get on with the show. Hi, Raya, and welcome to The Cute Monster Show. How are you doing today? I'm great. Tell me about your story and the steps you took in your life that eventually formed The Monster Factory. Okay, for sure. Well, um, uh, first of all, the, the Monster Factory is, uh, we're a, a, a toy brand based in Toronto. And um, we are, the, well, there's three of us that started the company, uh, myself, Adam Dunn, and Bliss Mann. And we actually met um, out of university. And Adam and I started making monsters kind of just as like a, like we were both sort of doing things after film school. And I, I think when you leave school, you just want to make things and um, making films can be challenging. So we started just to work with other materials and um, we found out we were both kind of making these weird uh, t- like fabric creatures and uh, we decided to combine our efforts and um, we got together, made a couple of monsters and they were kind of terrible <laughs> or or very endearing and funny, but we realized we had it a lot, like we had a lot to learn. So we brought in, um, or well, at the time we were friends with Bliss Man, and she had graduated from uh, fashion school. So she brought to the table all of this um, patterning knowledge and how to make something from fabric. And uh, we combined our efforts and we created a line of six toys, and that was back in 2003. And uh, those toys, uh, we gave them names and characteristics, and the line was called the Heartbreakers. And they're quite different from what our monsters have evolved into now. Um, they didn't have our our vinyl eyes, and they had like these funny little appendages. And there, people kind of compared the eyes to electrical sockets. They looked like two little electrical sockets. Um, and yes, yeah, so we took those characters, we made a run, I think of maybe a hundred or 200 and we launched them at, uh, a, a bar down in Toronto and we invited all of our friends and family and we sold out. And at that point we kind of felt like we had something, there was a spark, um, and people really were drawn to them and they, they loved the characteristics. So we just continued and we were all doing things on the side, finishing school or, working full-time jobs, and we just kept it up. And um, before we knew it, we had a studio. And then um, we were at this point where uh, where we are today, where we have um, these great – we have a larger partnership with um, a company called Nine Story Media Group who do animation. And um, and we just launched an app. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a crazy process. So you could have chosen any – subject matter to create these toys why monsters in particular what was the appeal and how do you think that was uh attractive to your potential audience uh monsters because monsters can be anything um to me there's something that's so open-ended about what a monster is and i mean our monsters aren't i guess traditional in the sense that they're not scary they're they're very friendly and endearing and inviting and 
Um, there's something about them that makes you want to sort of take care of them and make them your best friend. But to me, the whole idea of a monster is it's open. Like you can make anything you want. There doesn't seem to be like it. It's not an elephant. It's not a a teddy bear. It's a monster. It, it it can be anything. I mean, when you think about a monster, you probably I have a lot of things that come to mind. So I feel like it left it very open ended for us to be super creative. Um, though we did develop sort of our own style, which I think that now informs how the the toys look more. But I I feel like in some ways also monsters became just like this metaphor for who just making characters like it, it also was about creating these characters who could have been based on people we knew or just sort of based on on humans, but in a in a monster form, if that makes sense. <laughs> are you trying to hit a certain age range with this? I mean, uh, is are these characters, for example, teenagers, uh, young adults or all of the above? I mean, what what's... I would say, I, you know what? I would say all of the above. We've never targeted an audience. Um, I think we've targeted more of a like a, a, a feeling or, you know, our stuff is is full of humor. Um, maybe it's like I feel like we've always made stuff that we liked Um but no, like there's like our characters range and if, you know, we know our characters very well. We have a, a very intense process of developing their backstory, which is distilled into the one to two sentence write up that you get. But there's young characters, there's older characters. I think we're just trying to reflect the world around us and the people in our world because there's so many great people. And we I think all of us find such what like we just love the people around us and and who we meet and we're always sort of taking from from them but yeah there hasn't been it's not like monsters are just teenagers or monsters are just like young children or 35 year old women <laughs> they're they're kind of everyone uh, i was just curious have you thought about making a, a full-fledged show out of it in some way I mean, I know you made smaller videos and things to that nature, but I was wondering if you were planning some sort of future development to further along that process. Absolutely. We would love to take the the monsters into um, an animated world in some way or another. And so uh, we, we've been definitely working on that idea. It's, it's a giant process. And, um, you know, we have over 130 characters, so... It's also, there's a lot of decisions that have to go into, okay, well, who do you make into the show if you're going to make a show? It's, so we, we would 100% love to see them um, in their own world and have a show. I mean, Adam and I both come from a bit of a, a new media and film background. So, you know, from day one, there has always been story attached to each one of the characters, each one of the series. There's like a, a rich world that we have sort of contained in in notebooks and sketchbooks. And yeah, it's just about trying to figure out um, how to tell that story and, and where to start and what to do, um, which is a great problem to have. Uh, and but we actually I mean, I think with the game. It, that's sort of been our first foray into taking the monsters into a world. And I, it's, it's really cool to see how that turned out because it was, it's great. If you're creating a new monster this week, uh, who's involved and how does the full formation of this character eventually result in a plush toy? 
Well, um, it, let's okay. So we're going to start a monster this week. Uh, you know, we have so all of us have designed over the years. Adam Bliss and I. We in the beginning, the three of us would work really closely. So you know, I would make a monster. Bliss would make a monster. Adam would make a monster. We'd all make something. We'd sit down and look at it, and then it would be like, oh, I I could see how there could be another character to go with what you've made and. Adam could make something off of what I've done. And so our series always tend to look very different. Like, like the monsters can really vary from within a series because it's like you have all these different designers working on, on, on these characters. And it's sort of our materials that keep us, um, you know, we work with micropolar fleece that, you know, you have to use it in a certain way. And that kind of, that's what unifies the design. But uh, to go back a bit, the we also have an incredible uh, designer who's been working with us for years. Like, essentially, she's one of our, she's one of our head designers named Jen Jang. And um, so now what can happen is we'll say, okay, we need to make this monster or we want to add a monster to the series. And she has, like, been working with us for so long. She knows, like, sort of what to make. Uh, she'll come up with some ideas and then we just, there's a lot of um, prototyping that happens. So, you know, you might create a character and then we'll take a look at it. And, you know, it's just, it, it's a lot of conversation, a lot of of working on the patterns. And then when we finally are happy with the design and we feel that it fits with either a series or if it's a, if it's a fresh new character that's, you know, I like to sketch. I like to see, like to see what I want to make. Um... Jen herself doesn't sketch. She just jumps into the pattern. It's amazing. I, I'm always like, this is incredible. Like, I need to have something to look at when I'm making something. Um, so I think we're just trying to be supportive of everyone's different design process. In the end, it's a lot about conversation and collaborating in that point and getting the monster to where we want it to be. It's not until it's at its final design point that we'll start to talk about character. We get very in-depth. Like we'll talk about what they do in the morning. Are they, are they lazy? Are they, you know, are they riding their bike? Are they driving a fast car? You know, like we just have this entire backstory and how they fit into the world. And then we have to take all of that, all those notes and we have to put it into one to two sentences. And that's, that's really hard. And one to two sentences that will make you laugh and that will like, grab you and right away you can be like I know this character that's my brother you know so that it's a it's a lengthy process <laughs> it can go fast and it can go very slow so uh, I, it sounds quite intense and fun as yeah well. and very fun total yes incredibly and incredibly fun now that your audience has grown your company has grown how much is uh the audience part of this process now or, or are they part of the process at all in deciding what character actually gets made um yeah they have actually you know our community is incredible we we love our fans um they get right into it as well uh we've had some um really good like we've had contests in the past where we've invited people to help name our monsters um i i don't know if we've had a lot of input in design mostly because it's more like on our end trying to make something, you know, in the beginning we wanted to do sort of more custom work. And I think 
across the board, if you talk to people who do toys and who have done things that are customizable, it's a tricky thing to uh, pull off. And we we started with that, like doing colors or, uh, and and it just it it was just too hard to maintain that as a business and and you know keeping you know, trying to stay in business. <laughs> and, uh, in the beginning, it just, it was more work than we could handle. So, um, we've more had input, I think on, in the creative character side of things like names and, um, you know, I think that's like probably the naming, I feel like there's other things we've done and it's just escaping me. Maybe choosing like, maybe choosing colors for the final, the final monster. Um, but yeah, we get a lot of input. We love hearing from our community. Uh, and, you know, in past we used to do uh, these large sort of trade shows here in Toronto. They're, they were called the one of a kind. They're called the one of a kind show. They're still happening. Um, it's a really large craft trade show. And it, it was kind of a unique thing where you could, you would bring your product in this very large venue with tons of people that would come. And we really got direct feedback from people who loved the monsters like we could see you know if they liked a character we could see who they loved the best if we brought out new monsters and I I it was really valuable that experience and now with social media that's that's kind of moved there we have that ability to to be in direct contact with our fans but um it's important for us that we are connected with them and we're doing, I don't know if you know about the monsters everywhere campaign. I've seen it. Yes. Yeah. So that came from an older, like that's, that's sort of more how we like to see our interactions where, you know, people are taking their monsters on these adventures, sharing photos. Um, We really love that, that people are just, they take these monsters and they turn them into their buddies and their best friends and, they just, they'll be on their desks at work and, you know, they'll come with them to the dentist and this campaign that like, it's not really, we're calling it more of like an, an experiment and an adventure to see like how far we can get our monsters to travel. And we've sent all of these monsters off to dozens of, of our fans or official hosts that we're calling them. And they've been taking them on these mini adventures and then they're passing them on to someone new. So we've been slowly watching people just like take these monsters to Iceland. Someone took them to a, like a Paul Simon concert, made like their monster a little t-shirt and then they've passed them on to another host. So we're starting just to see these guys go all over the place. It's it's, and that is for us amazing just to see people making connections with them and then sharing those connections with everyone, like making this giant monster community. Tell me a little bit about the game development at Monster Factory. So Monsters Everywhere, the game is, it's been released. Um, and uh, it's, we started developing that um, with our, it was produced by our partners, Nine Story. And then we worked with uh, um, some game developers here in Toronto called Little, excuse me, Little Guy Games. And uh, we created this, um, it's a hotel management, it's kind of a mashup of a hotel management sim-based game with this sort of Carmen Sandiego-esque travel game where you, you know, you're, you're making this hotel for your, mo- you're running a hotel for your monsters. It's all filled with our monster characters. Um, and then you have to sort of travel around the world to find clues to 
bring these VIP guests to your hotel. And um, our goal with the game was really just to, you know, create a bit of the Monster Factory world. Uh, and it, the game was like, the game platform or just the gaming world is it was a great way for us to do it because we could actually introduce many, many characters all at once, where as with something like television, you're probably going to want to focus on a core group. And we have all these characters. So we were like, this is just, it was just like an excellent avenue for us to put all of these characters into the game and have a way of people, for people to interact with them. And just like in the real life Monsters Everywhere campaign where you're taking your monsters all over the place and hosting them, that's the whole point of the game is that you're putting them into their hotel and checking them in and making sure they're fed and sort of that, you know, just taking care of them and learning about who they are while you're doing that and learning a bit about what we think their world would be like. Um, and I think the other really interesting thing about the game, or there's many interesting things, but um, is there's actually uh, a monster selfie cam. So uh, you can take photos of you and your monster, like in one of your virtual monsters, you can put them into the world and pose them and have them do different things. And then you can actually share those pictures and be a part of the, the real life campaign. So we, we kind of wanted this big crossover without it being too complicated. <laughs> I'm a huge proponent of mentoring. I think that's how ideas are spawned and, and the world is a better place in general. If you were starting out today, if someone was starting out today to create a toy company, what advice would you give that person? Um, I think one thing I think that we could have uh, used at the time um, I do think partially, you know, we didn't know a lot about the toy industry when we started. It, w it came out of an art project and we just dove in. And um, I think something that we really could have benefited from was a solid business mentor. Someone who either knew about the toy industry specifically, actually that would have been very helpful, um, or just, or someone who knew about how business worked. Um, and we've learned over the years, sometimes in, it's been a hard lesson. Um, but I think we could have probably really benefited from some solid business advice and also just understanding how an industry works. So if you're starting out as a toy designer and you want to start making a toy company, I would suggest just also reaching out and talking to as many people as you can. One thing I've noticed about business is that people are usually really open and encouraging. If they're not, you know, move on. There's there's so many um, great business owners out there with, you know, a wealth of knowledge. And, you know, if, just build that community, build some strong ties there and have people have people around who can really help you and maybe create a board. Even Even if you're just you and you're working out of your your sewing room or your designing and sculpting things, have a board of people around you that can help advise you. And just, you know, I think that's really, I think you're right. Mentoring is incredibly important. So I, if that makes sense, that is what I would recommend. That makes total sense. I wanted to thank you today for joining me on the Cute Monster Show, Raya. I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much, Vincent. It was great talking with you. 